to the No BS Short-Term Rental Podcast, an unfiltered look into the global vacation and short-term rental industry. I'm Mateo Bradford. And I'm John Stokinger. And this is our podcast. We bring the right people to the table at the right time, giving you an inside view and take on the short-term rental industry like no other podcast can. Morning, Mateo. How are you? Hey, another week, brother. I'm doing just fine. How are you? I'm great. Episode eight. Ooh, We're just chugging along. Eight, eight. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm, I'm super stoked. Uh, today we are um, blessed to have uh, Heather Bear joining us today, the queen of short-term rental podcasts. We are not talking age. I've already been told we're not allowed to do that, so we're not going to do that. Um, that was last week. Go back, listen. Everyone's 27 or 28. We're just going to leave it at that. There you go. Um, so Heather Bear, um, vacation rental formula, cottage link rental management, cottage blogger. It's been doing the, the podcast thing a heck of a lot longer, but not a bad thing. A great thing longer. That's how many episodes I can't even remember. I know, you know, off the tip of your tongue, Heather, just coming up to 394. Ooh, ooh, <laughs> 300. We're, 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 I can't goals. That, there's some goals. <laughs> We're putting out one a week. That was our goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we might have to skip one with a, like a, a holiday week or something like that, but we're, we're putting out one a week. We, you know, the goal is 50 this year. So I, I think. Um, well, when, when I started off doing podcasts back in 2013, um, oh my God, that's not long, not far off 10 years ago, eight years ago. Um, I was told that if you could get past your first seven, then you'll be fine and you will be consistent. And hey, you're done. You've done it, guys. We did it. We, we've got past seven. That, that's an amazing. That's amazing. From your mouth to the universe's <laughs> understanding. Thank you. Like, that means we made it, John. Yeah, I, I guess we could take that with a grain of salt. I think we just need to keep on putting out quality content and getting great guests, um, which we have. Uh, so, we, I mean, in the upcoming weeks, we have two amazing guests um, already scheduled. Heather today. Um, so we're we're on the right track to say the least. So I I'm excited. Um, Heather, you have some exciting news as of what yesterday, as of yesterday, Ontario cottage rentals were opened up again on Friday. We start on Friday after six long months. And that's just this time round. So this time last year on June the 5th, we opened up after the first, uh, lockdown. And right. then we were able, we had a great summer, fantastic summer. We went all the way through to December and then it all hit again. We were locked down from um, Christmas Day, Boxing Day. We were locked down. And I think we had a two week because our government is prone to a little bit of flip flopping. So <laughs> we were we were opened up for two weeks in February and we all got all excited and then all got locked down again. But Hopefully, the Ontario Roadmap to Reopening has been launched, and we start on Friday. So well, it's been a busy couple. Of, it's been a busy day. Yesterday was uh, amazingly busy. Well, we appreciate you spending a little bit of time with us this morning. Um, that's uh, I know you've been busy, so th- thank you so much. T- I mean, tell talk what was the, what's yeah. that? So let's talk about it. I want to hear a story. I want to know what was going on in Canada. We've been talking about Europe and the U.S. and all these other places. We overlook our neighbor to the north. Like, well, since we, I mean, we, we, I always like to say, you know, you, we, we're like your attic. 
You yeah. know, you know, we're up there, but you have no idea what's in it. <laughs> Fair enough. That's a great analogy. Um, <laughs> and we actually have a lot of good stuff in it if uh, you know people come up here and explore it. However, yeah, yeah it's 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 been an interesting fifteen months. When you know, once the borders were shut in yeah. uh, in March, I was actually down in Texas all of last last winter, and we sort of hot footed it back in in March to get through before the borders closed. Yeah, and. And here we have been uh, ever since with, you know, as I say, flip-flopping backwards and forwards. Sometimes we're open, sometimes we're not. Gathering restrictions and a lot of ambiguity, a lot of interpretation. You know, how do we interpret what this, what our province is giving out? Because, it, it you know, it, very much like you, you have the, the federal input and then you've got the state input. So we have... Our federal input, which is basically to shut the borders, and then everything is net as what was then left to the provinces to right. sort out after that. So I don't know if you recall um, a number of years ago, we had a mayor of Toronto called Rob Ford. I do. And he had an issue, he had a little bit of an issue. Um, and uh, sadly, he passed away a couple of years ago. His brother, Doug. Mm-hmm. Is our um, is our premier of okay. the province? So it, it sort of moved on. The the Rob Ford mantle has moved to Doug Ford. If anyone out there is interested, you really should go and Google Rob Ford, Ontario. The story. So is his brother was, as much of a character as he was? Because I remember yeah. he was uh, he was a pretty interesting guy. He was a pretty interesting guy. Yes, I think there was uh, there was some drug use involved. <laughs> With politicians? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> well, it was, yeah, but it was, it, it, it was, bad, it was I remember. pretty yeah. much published and out there and scandalous and, you know, all sorts of me- media related things. But yes, we, we have um, his, his brother as our premier, who started out, I think, as many did, doing a great job, you know, standing up every day and said, we're in this together, folks. Right. And, you know, it's all rah rah stuff. And then over the so certainly since Christmas, it's all crumbled. And and I and I know he's looking for his positive public opinion, which has waned dramatically over yeah. the past over the past six months. But whatever, we're now we're now reopened. Um, we believe there's some gathering restrictions indoors, but we are not in a position. We've got probably about two thousand rentals coming up over the course right. of the summer. We're not in a position to go knocking on two thousand doors and. Say, He's saying, right. excuse me, are you keeping within the government restrictions? All we can do is tell people to make their own decisions and we will not be responsible for any fines that may be related to them not uh, not responding to those restrictions. And, and how are those policed anyways? You right. know, you know, the, the, it's normally that that nosy neighbor that is yeah. you know, calling someone up. But, you know, unless it's actually brought to the attention of someone, there's I mean, it's, it's going to care one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, there's been there's been some publicised, you know, the the Airbnb rental that was over occupied, and a neighbour called the police, and the police came out, and this was this was two weeks ago, and right. fined every person in the group eight hundred and fifty dollars, and the owner was fined as well. Um, there have been those, but that that was during the time of lockdown. Gotcha. So, in general, I mean, we certainly. Um, 
st stuck with all the restrictions. You know, we, we said if the government says no rentals, then no rentals because we're, we're a responsible company and we want to act within the guidelines. But they were, it was easy enough for them to go out, therefore, and find the, um, the, the odd ones that were out and about still renting. But I think once, as we say, once the majority of Toronto starts moving north to cottage country, how the heck are they going to, to uh, cover off every single rental? Because we, we've got 2,000 rentals coming up. There's, there's a dozen, dozens more agencies, thousands more independent owners. So right. you mentioned you mentioned lockdown. And can you go in? What was the catalyst for having a lockdown, reopening, and then having another six-month lockdown? Because I guess I don't understand, you know, and, and I, I'm curious if, if anyone else understands, why, why re-lockdown? What was it? Uh, oh, just a, a big, because of hospitalizations, intensive care units getting overrun. And we did. We had the, the second wave, um, which was in uh, around about December, okay. um, pretty high second wave. And then that's it began to come down in February. Then we were opened up again for two weeks, and almost immediately those numbers started going up again. And then we had we were hit by a, a really dramatic third wave in April, where intensive care units were completely maxed out. They were moving patients from Toronto out to other areas, and and that I, I would think that, that that is the sole reason for them locking us back down again. And now our numbers are back to some really reasonable levels yeah. because we're at 60% uh, vaccinated uh, right. across the province, certainly first first vaccinations, because I'm not sure if you know that we have uh, four months between our vaccinations. Four months instead right, of what? whatever, a month here. Yeah. So first shot, four months, second shot. Yeah. Basically, so they could get this number of 60%, 60%, because you get the lot 70% coverage with your first shot. Right. So get 60% of the population vaccinated with the first shot and then move into the second one. It appears to have worked. Um, Let's knock on some wood. I'm not going to yeah. really knock because no one really wants to hear that, but... I'm okay. I just want to get into the U.S. That's that's all. Just open the borders for me. Well, yeah, when, that, when is I'd that? I'd like to go to Canada. No idea. No idea. Apparently, there are some talks underway at the moment. But what it has, and I guess, you know, everything has a silver lining. And I'm forever the optimist and forever the one looking for the, the bright side of everything. Right. So having the border shut has done one huge thing for us. And that has stopped people traveling like me. Right. So where are they going to go for their vacation? Well, it, in, in the US, of course, they've got a lot of options. Here in Ontario, we haven't been able to travel from province to province. So, you know, we're, the border's been shut between us and other provinces. Those, I think, well, that will probably be relaxed soon. Um, but it means that everybody planning a vacation has had to move to taking the domestic route. And right. now they're going to come two hours north to yeah. us, yeah. which has meant since, since February, we have been 100% booked for the summer. We've got 140 properties. Um, we've been 100% booked. We are now continually, the moment we take on a new property, I think the record was 45 minutes since listing a, from listing a property to having not just a first booking, but having a whole month of July booked. Wow. 
in 45 minutes of listing. So we have over 700 families on a waiting list. Right. And Um, And that's what happened here in the U.S., you know, last summer. You know, that's what happened in you know, the whole Eastern yeah. Seaboard. Any of these drive-to locations that were, that's exactly what happened in, in companies were seeing this. And, and this year is even greater. I mean, you're going to yeah. probably, the more, you know, Canada relaxes. And then imagine when those, those borders open, you know, everyone that's here in the U.S. that's been doing their, their domestic travel, that they're doing their staycation or whatever they want to call it. It's like, oh man, this is it's still a heck of a lot easier for us to go to Mexico or Canada than it is to fly overseas. Yeah. Um, and it's still an international destination and it's, and it's fun and exciting. And when you take your family to go do something like this. Um, but I, I'm glad that you're seeing that, that occupancy. It's uh, the timing has been perfect. The yeah. timing could have been so different. You know, last year we opened up on June because we are uh, our primary uh, season is July and August. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, as long as we get July and August, we can get through the rest of the year because right. you know July and August fuels the entire year. So the timing has just been perfect because we last year we opened up on June the fifth. This year we're opening up on June the eleventh. Yeah. Um, it could have been different. It could have been that a third wave came in June and we were shut down for July and August, which would have been absolutely devastating yeah. um, for every one of our everybody in our network and everybody who is involved in in tourism really yeah. so you know if again silver lining was the timing right. so Heather, i got a good question so as a business owner right and someone who's had to weather this storm you know you know we think about the things that affect our business natural disasters you know other things that you know that may pop up and happen pandemics you know weren't on the top of my list um you know how did how did your business survive? Like, tell me a little bit about your story of the past year from a business owner perspective. I yeah, when it when we hit in March, I mean, we've the, the 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 government had been good financially. Mm-hmm. The first thing they did was was offer a very substantial loan, um, ten thousand dollars of which was um, was not paid. We don't have to pay that back, and then they offered up another loan later in the year. So. <clears throat> It allowed us a little bit, it wasn't enough. I mean, we've, we're, we're carrying eight full-time staff. Right. So, and we had to furlough in March, but we were, <clears throat> we'd only did that for three months. And then we made the conscious decision that we would not do that again and use the time um, in September going through the rest of the year to work on projects, make substantial changes um so that that was very beneficial to us because you know in a for many of our for, for many companies that are working your year round you don't have the benefit of that glorious time to sit and just work on a project and not have a telephone ring or have an email come in so we 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 took those opportunities but having said that this last six months has been you know a struggle we do have we we do rely on the december through june um activity to pay our staff right you know it doesn't make money but it actually pays the overheads and we have had nothing from december through june and that you know we we are fully booked um, we are taking on new properties, but we also had a large reduction in properties um, mm-hmm. that we were able to 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 book. I think we probably lost 
30 percent 30 maybe 40 percent of our inventory wow. okay so like permanently or just transitioned out like um i would say 20 percent has gone permanently this is owners who decided to sell right i mean and, and we had one last week you know, we had a full summer of booking and the owner said, hey, you know, the money truck has just appeared outside my door and uh, I can't. They paid $400,000 for the property 18 months ago. They expect to get 850000 for it this week. It's insane. I mean, it's, why would somebody not do that? They bought it as an investment. They're selling it. So we had we had a large number of owners do that. Um Mostly, they were able. They they did it earlier in the in this in the year, and mm. we were able to relocate everybody. Now, of course, when they're up and selling their properties, we've got nowhere to lo- relocate them to. That, that's an interesting thing because I mean, I'm assuming that in Canada it's the same as in here that lumber and everything the prices have absolutely skyrocketed, and we're seeing the the um, the real estate side of things. You know, people that might not have even been buying been in the market to buy because they were, you know, Hey, I'm going to go build a new home. This is what we do. They're snagging up homes instantly because it's going to be a heck of a lot cheaper and to go ahead and just snag that home up for more inventory as opposed to go buy it. So are you seeing that as well up in Canada and, and in, or uh, excuse me, Ontario? Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> I, I spoke to, I spoke to somebody the other day that was looking for property to, to buy. And I, I have spent a lot of my time in the past six months uh, advising people who are looking to buy to rent out, you know, this is mm-hmm. what you should look for. And, and, and I spoke to this guy and I said, so t- telling him what I felt were the most important features of this property, he said, the most important feature for me, he said, is that deck is in good condition. Yeah. <laughs> he said, for, forget everything else. He said, if I had to build a new deck, it would probably, it would probably take me away from I'm sorry. I hope you're not hearing that. You're not hearing no, anything. No, okay. Not hearing anything. All right. Yes, I have a, a. I have a telephone ringing in the background. No, no, no we're, we're fine. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, priorities have changed for people, and they are. Um, you know, they're, they're looking at, at those things because yes, you know, a deck that was nine uh, that might have be cost them, um, you know, a thousand fifteen hundred dollars. A year ago is now four thousand. Oh, speaking of telephones, that this is such a rookie move. Speaking <laughs> of, yeah. And so I let my telephone question, ring. <laughs> the question is, are you going to edit it out? Probably not. No, no. time. I got you know. We when we Keep can afford to have someone come in and yeah. actually come ahead and do the editing for us um, and the producing, then then I'll edit it out. But no, we're just going to roll with this. Yeah. Matt Landau. Matt Landau told me years ago. So don't. I said I never edit. Yeah. I'm sure he does actually, because he's got a team. Yeah. Now. <laughs> he said, but he never edited that. I never edited any of the, uh, the the conversations I had with him. Anyway, that aside, so so yes, it's it's been it's been a different market. We know. I spoke to an owner this morning, uh, a potential owner, who was looking at a property that was listed at seven hundred thousand dollars, and he said, "What do you think?" And I, I hate this question. What do you think I should offer? Mm-hmm. And I said, I have no idea what you should offer. I said, but you know, what what's happening is that they're pro- that that seven hundred thousand dollar property will probably go for around nine hundred to a million. Yep, Easy. yep. Yeah. yeah, it's insane. It is. It is in, insane. It's turned the realty market upside down. It's also turned the rental market upside down because we we listed where well, we rented a lot of our properties way back in September October. 
Mm-hmm. After last summer, people were on the ball. They wanted to, to lock in their 2021 vacation. Right. So they booked last September, October. And now we're seeing, you know, the odd cancellation here and there. And I am shocked at, at the prices we, we were renting for last year. Seriously, we rented that for 2800 a week. Right. We're now list- taking that cancellation and listing it at 4500 a week. It's insane. And it will go. And we, we, we're not gouging. We're, we're keeping comparable with with our um, with the other property managers in the area, I mean, we have a really good network of property managers, and we discuss this back and forth and pricing. But the pricing has gone from twenty to fifty percent. My question, and I think we've seen that everywhere. Yeah, my question is, you know, with you know the lumber prices and everything increasing, we know that there's an ebb and flow. We know that's going to relax, and we know that's going to go back down to a manageable mm-hmm. number for people wanting to build and do everything. But you know, do you think? that the VR space, the vacation and short-term rental space is going to ever come back down into a more, or do you think it's going to stay where it's at? That's such a great question because um, I'm talking to owners all the time and saying, okay, you can, you can get seven and a half thousand, eight thousand dollars a week for this property. Two years ago, I might've listed it at four, four and a half. Um, This may not be sustainable. I think I've used those four words more than anything else right. this this year. This may not be sustainable. Don't go into this thinking that we will keep at this level. Because Crystal, I mean, Carl Shepherd, Shepherd said it in, this, in that skiffed live interview. Yeah. He said, I am not making any predictions for 2022. Right. <laughs> Look, shout out to Carl Shepherd, right? Like, you, you, you love, I love Carl. He's a great guy, He's a great mentor. He always kind of drops, you know, these gems on us. But yeah. it's actually true, right? Like, I was thinking you should get that, put that on your on your header or somewhere on your site, like these results are not sustainable and are not <laughs> yes. normal. Like take yeah. advantage of this now. But again, like it'll be interesting to see, will people, we know how markets go. They get in these frenzies and they get used to these prices. And then, you know, when is the bottom gonna fall out? Are we looking at that intelligently, right? Like, you know, yeah. how are we how are we monitoring, you know, when this flow is gonna, you know, when this, this faucet's gonna turn off? Mm. I saw there's a Market Watch article about Airbnb that I just read this morning, um, just saying that, uh, you know, Airbnb used to be where you got a deal. Mm. You've got the best value of accommodation. And now it's, you know, now it is mainstream and you don't get that same. It's not the cheap option anymore. Mm. Vacation rentals are not the cheap option anymore. They are the preferred option. I love that too. But yes. Yeah. In answer to your question, John, I, yeah. Sustainability. Who knows? Who knows? Same, same with same with realty prices. Right. You know, there's a lot of people sitting there going, "I'm not gonna, I'm not going to buy now because the time will come when interest rates go up." And you know, and other and, and all these people that moved out from the city to get this wonderful version of you know their, their new version of life in the country yeah. might think that yeah, hey, Starbucks is not as close as I like it to be. Right. <laughs> And and I do actually have to go into the office now, so it's 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 just a, there's a lot of not knowing going on at the moment, and, and it has to do with inventory too. You know, there you know where I live, I live in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and there the inventory for homes that are say two hundred thousand up are is is drastically. I think it's a third of what it was two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so so if it's a 
even though it's not a seller's market, it is a sell, it, it's a seller's market and it's not a seller's market. It's a weird market right now. Um, it depends on where you are, right? Literally, it depends on where you are. I'm in Atlanta, right? And I'm actually in the process of selling one of my properties right now. Look, I, I had a tenant move out on Saturday. I showed it on Sunday. By Tuesday, I had four offers. Right. That it, no work, nothing. Like they moved out, like haven't touched it, haven't cleaned it. They walked it dirty and were like giving us probably 10 to 15% over what we were asking for. Yeah. And that's, and that's the same that could happen here because there's no inventory. If I were to list my home today, you know, and it's already, you know, it's crazy. Um, is this stimulus money? Like, where is this coming? Like, this is the thing. Like, it, it, all I hear is cash buyers, cash offers. Like, everyone's coming with cash. Cash. I'm just out of the loop, and it's pretty. It's pretty incredible that people are just sitting on cash like that. But it can't be. I, 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 I can't see that sustaining. Which, again, we'll see where that goes. Uh, we'll see but, where it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Heather, I wanted to to talk to you about. So I've been following you uh, for quite a while on your your Facebook page. Um, I've been following you and your posts that you put on online. And I had a question for you: Is that I was looking at? You know, you, you mentioned earlier you are forever an optimist. Um, there were probably in the whole year and a half that you've been dealing with this. Uh, there's Every optimist, optimist, optimist. There's probably three or four posts where you <laughs> really went ahead and put, you know, put your feelings and warm right there on your sleeve. Was that hard for you to go ahead and and really come out and, and that maybe not super optimistic? It's still at the end there was always optimism, but really put your feelings out there. I don't. I don't think so. No, it was. It was realism. You know, I'm an optimist, but I'm also a realist. And we all go through um, even, I mean, I, I don't even remember. There's an old movie called Pollyanna um, many, many years ago. It was a Disney movie. And it was about this girl who's, you know, everything was, would go fine. Positivity gone nuts. Okay. Uh, and I've been called Pollyanna over over the course of my life but that does not mean that I'm not realistic as well and and have downtimes I'm serious some serious downtimes where you just sit back sit back and go it's all flooding in don't know where I, I don't know where we're going with this and I I did that um, there was a and I can't remember what I wrote in that re- recent post which is probably one you're referencing from I don't the, know maybe maybe not you know, one of my Facebook groups and just after that, my, as soon as I posted that, I had a call from my business partner. He said, what's up? What's going on? <laughs> what, what can I do? Because I don't think he'd ever heard, seen the, a, a post like that. And I just, you know, it, just, just one of those days. But I, don't, I, I think everybody goes through it. And I think it's fair to come across and share that, that realism. You know, I, I hear it from others. Evelyn Badia is... Um, from the hosting journey mm-hmm. um you know evelyn is is absolutely up front right now she, she's she's going through some amazing stuff she's dealing with cancer she's going through chemotherapy she's also just bought five properties in georgia and, and uh, arizona having sold her her place in new york but she's out there saying you know i and she is i, I talk to evelyn a lot we're she's she's super positive 
but she's very raw and sharing as well. And I think I'm, you know, occasionally, occasionally I get into the, I'm going to emulate that. And, uh, and well, I loved it. I mean, yeah, exactly really, what I'm feeling. I, 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 you know, to, I know you're a positive person and everyone knows you're a positive person, but, you know, but, but sharing that realism and the, you know, the true going through the, you know, the, it, it hasn't not been every easy. Day, not every month is, yeah. is optimistic. Yeah. You know, there, there's, it's real. And, yeah, I love and it, it takes strength to do that, right? Like it takes strength to tell the real story, right? I think when you paint the optimism brush, people oftentimes just see that part and think that's 24 seven, 365. And they're not mutually exclusive, right? Like you can mm-hmm. be an optimist and face troubles, right? And still struggle and have down days. I appreciate Heather, like you doing that and bringing that out because I think that side of the narrative doesn't necessarily get highlighted because it doesn't, you know, when you when you think, oh, you got to have a positive outlook, it doesn't mean you can't say, hey, I'm down today or, oh, this sucks or those types of things. And that's not the complete truth. Um, yeah, and, and I, you know, I put it out struggle. there, I put it out there to my team and, and my business yeah. partner and just say, hey, today you're going to talk me off the edge <laughs> right. because I'm out there on the edge right now. And I think that one recently, we um, we hire for the summer, we hire somebody to come in for the summer to help out with with issues, um, so we have a fabulous customer service manager, and she ha- she needs the help for the summer. Um, somebody who'll work weekends. So we'd found this person, and for, from January through well, for, no, from March through last week, we had been training her, and then out of the blue, she suddenly said, "Oh, I'm sorry, I can't work weekends." Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's hard. And that was hard and we had to we had to let her go and we're now in the process of of hiring yeah um, right. and I think that came at that time and it was just you know we at that time we weren't open we didn't know when we were going to open and and then to be hit with somebody and and these things happen to us all in right. this business right. is yeah. that somebody will quit at, at the most inopportune time yeah. and and you have to be ready for it but you know, every no matter how much emergency planning you do, yeah. and I do a lot of emergency planning, it doesn't cover everything that uh, that will happen. But you've just got to take it and turn it round um, and and make it work to your advantage. But that doesn't stop me coming out and posting. Hey, you know <laughs> that was shit. It was a really shitty day. <laughs> it's and I, I think your attitude points to it, right? Like it's what you do with it. Right. Like it's, you know, it, knowing these things are going to happen, finding your strength and not committing to that being the result and that you can turn it around. There is. Yeah. Lining well, there. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very much a pragmatist, you know, if 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 sorry, I I, I use I use the S word and you I don't know if you bleep that out or if you don't. This is but, this yeah. is the no bullshit. Okay. Well, you're yeah. absolutely right. So, yeah, yeah. Like, so my, my attitude you can use the is F word if you want to. We don't care. Yeah. Shit happens yeah. and deal with it. You can't go back and, and start micromanaging what happened before. I mean, that, 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 that comes later. <laughs> that comes later. <clears throat> but in the, um, in the immediacy, you've just got to get on with it and deal with what comes your way. But it doesn't stop you feeling pretty down about it at the time. Yeah. Well, no, and I, th- and I appreciate you, you, you being able to speak to that because – you know, for myself too, like this, this past year was a struggle. I try to be positive, 
I struggled through this past year, right? Like seriously, John knows it, you know, he's, he's a friend of mine. All my close friends know that it, it was not a good year, like just personally. But again, it was hearing that I wasn't alone, hearing that it was other people within this space that, that also struggled and, and, you know, weren't always positive and didn't know how this was going to end and that that was okay. Um, you know, appreciate that perspective, appreciate that narrative. So. Yeah, sorry if I put you on the spot there. I didn't really think you you would care though. <laughs> no, I don't care. I don't care. You know, if, yeah, I just I just there's this tie. I I find the whole social media thing just really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm often ready to post something and I think ah, no, it's got political connotations here. I'm going to step right. back and not do. And that is something I will not do. I'm not. Um, I'm not nailing my flag to the wall at all. <laughs> you can't. I mean, it's tough, you know, um, you know, from, you mentioned earlier, you know, kind of to pivot a little bit from this, but we mentioned earlier previous to us actually hitting record on this, we talked about the amount of short-term rental uh, hosts in the U S or in North America. And we, we've had a, a range from, you know, I think Skip, you said is reporting that there's 10,000. Yeah. Uh, managers. Short-term rental managers. Yeah, short-term rental managers, and but there's other companies that are saying they're closer to twenty thousand. Um, yeah. So, and all these people, all of these rental managers are all going through the same things this past year. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're all dealing with these different problems, and and they're they're all coming from their own perspective, and they're all, man, it's and yeah. I'll just give you a story from. Um, one person that, uh, that I've talked to you a couple of times over this past six months, and um, this guy called Richard Colwell. He runs a very small property management company in um, in Alberta, and he has been pretty much shut down since March of last year because mm. the majority of his clients come across the border, and and his is is. A devastating story because I mean he's tried to bring in um, domestic the domestic market, but there's so many companies in in those um, those ski areas um, that that are, are, are vying for any trade whatsoever. So these are the people that are that are still going to be struggling until our borders open, and, right. and there's a lot of them who who deal with traffic coming um, across the border. And don't have the domestic market, and I really feel for them. Yeah. Is that um, and please excuse my my uh, unfamiliarity with the Great White North. Um, the uh, is that like around Tremblant? No, Tremblant's in Quebec. So okay. his uh, so this is um, this Alberta all the way over on the west coast. Okay. So Canmore, uh, his his place is in Canmore, Alberta, which is north mm-hmm. of. Now get my geography here. I think north of um, maybe Idaho, Washington. Okay. Um, yeah, that sounds about right. Well, yeah. Going into British Columbia, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Alberta's yeah, just yeah, yeah. Uh, Alberta's to the east of um, of, of BC. Yeah. So it's probably um, Eastern Washington. Northern yeah. Canada. So it's the Rockies. You know, it's it's, right. it's all the the Rockies vacation areas. Um, and, and I think there's a lot of people there who have been struggling. In BC, I guess there's a Vancouver market that, that's more local. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, but in Alberta, I know they, they have struggled. They've actually had real problems with their, uh, with their COVID 
issues in the last couple of months as well. Their third wave has been that they've they've been pushing out some of their uh, of their ICU patients to other provinces even. Oh wow! Okay, so, they're equipped to to handle this the surge in that space. Yeah, they're much smaller. They're much smaller yeah. space, much Rural smaller province. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, so it's you know just like the US, we're we're not just you know one homogenous. Um, country right. we're, we're a lot of different very very different locations very different tourism regions Tremblant of course is is absolutely fantastic in Quebec it's it's maybe a five-hour drive for me it's mm-hmm. uh, not that um, no I've moved seven hours um, but it's really not that far um, they Quebec have had their own issues but they're coming out of it too right now exactly. but they have more of a domestic market it's you know it's not. It's it, it's a nice ski hill. It's not massive mountains, and, right. and attracts a lot more people coming out of Montreal and maybe Ottawa. The interesting thing with the uh, in the Canadian market, just in Canada in general, for for to think about how vast of a country it is, and how he, and but still how non densely that you have your densely populated areas, but then there's just space. Oh yes, yes. I, and I, I, I can't remember the statistic, but it, it's something like you know that ninety percent of Canadians live within two hours of the U.S. border. Yeah, because it gets too cold for the north. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and the mosquito and the mosquitoes are the size of B fifty twos when you get further north. I grew up in uh, I grew up in Maine, um, and and so that the state bird in Maine was the black fly. Um, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and and to be, I we we think the pandemic killed off the black fly here because we have not had them this year. No kidding. No black fly. It was been really weird. So it's like, oh, there was there was something else good that came out of all this. No black fly. Well, here is to an amazing summer. Yeah. <laughs> you are open as of yesterday. I mean, I'm so excited for for for, for Alberta. I'm so excited for you. I hope that the other provinces uh, follow suit um, if they haven't already. And um, do you have any words of wisdom or anything you'd like to leave our audience today, Heather? Yeah, it would be learn from this. Really, really learn from this. About eight years ago, I think I did a presentation at VRMA uh, on emergency management, and it was very sparsely attended. Um, and it was, and I, in, in that, I ha- came up with a whole load of things that you needed to prepare for. And at the end of it, at the end of that long laundry list of things you need to prepare for was, hey, and you never know, there could be a pandemic. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so you did hit it on there. And, and I said, you've got to prepare for that as well. And, of course, we had, we've been through the SARS uh, pandemic in 2003 anyway, which was, you know, on a on a much smaller scale obviously right. seemed seemed large at the time but we had we, we actually put things in place at that time and one of them was this thing that if a pandemic strikes the owners of second homes would go, want to go and move into them mm-hmm. so we had to be prepared for this happening and how we would relocate guests and how we would deal with all this and when this started we we had some of these instances where owners wanted to relocate all their guests and we had the um, procedures in place so 
yeah, learn from what's happened within the last year and and apply it to going forward because this won't be the last time. Um, and there, there was such a lot of learning to, to well, take I hope, forward. I hope they allow you to continue to teach that. I, I think it's going to be important to have these conversations and to, you know, at VRMAs and the other events. And, you know, we're talking about how to prepare, um, you know, for events like this and you know now that we know this is a reality in our world hopefully we can and you can share your experience and your emergency planning with other managers and help them you know best prepare yeah. for this but right at the end in fact in fact pandemic wasn't the last on that list zombie apocalypse was the last mm. on the list well yeah well, you, you, mean, you never know, you never know. <laughs> we never, never knew about a pandemic so you know let's be prepared <laughs> Heather, yeah. i got one last question for you what are you excited about going into the rest of this year and into next year? I am excited about the border opening so I can head south and spend my entire winter from November through to April in Gulf Shores, Alabama and work from there. Um, you know, I've always worked from home. I now want to work from away. So that's what I'm excited no about. No bird life. But, all right. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm just excited. I'm just always excited in general. There's always something, some opportunities out there. Are, if the borders open up, are you going to be, obviously, we're going to see you in San Antonio, correct? I'm not sure the border's going to be open up by that time, but we shall see. And and if, if, if they are, I very likely will be there, yes. Great. Well, if those of you have not listened, and I, I find this hard to believe, if you're listening to us, you've probably already listened to Heather Bears before, but listen to the Vacation Rental Formula. Listen to, um, go. is it, can you go ahead and... Uh, <laughs> put, you put your information out yeah. there, Heather. Okay, so it's the Vacation Rental Success Podcast um, out of um, my company, which is the Vacation Rental Formula, where we are building up training materials for um, for property managers, mainly small pro- – my, my passion is to help small property managers um, to achieve greatness. And so – Whatever I can do with my 20 years of experience of running a property management company, I, I will do that. Um, so, so, so yes, you can find me at vacationrentalformula.com. Um, email me, heather at vacationrentalformula.com. Always happy to hear from people and listen to the podcast. And listen to every podcast that's yeah. out there because there are some amazing ones. And thank you guys yeah. for, for, for coming into the space and, and adding your unique perspective as well. Absolutely. Thank you so much for coming on board. We, uh, we, we knew we couldn't compete with tips and tricks and success, you know, that that's not our forte. So that's why we're, we're focuses on, uh, you know, the news and culture. Love it. But awesome. Thanks so much, Heather. Appreciate you. You are very welcome.